Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. As I think all of you know, on this coming Saturday, July the 4th, we'll be celebrating the anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. And it has become one of the major national holidays, obviously, of the United States and of the new nation that was formed back at the end of the 18th century. Every time I approach July 4th, I am flooded with memories of our childhood celebration of it. It was at that time celebrated on the 4th, no matter whether that day was Sunday or Wednesday or Saturday. And it was always a day off, but a fairly restful day. But it was a time in the summer for largely family and neighborhood events. There were uh, probably in the morning a, a parade, a small parade, because of the size of the town in which I grew up. But the main event was a picnic, being outside, sitting with others, just enjoying uh, being with them. But what pervaded that holiday was a simple sense of gratitude, of gratitude of being in a place and in a time when these kinds of celebrations could take place. But what was so amazing about it, it was not a time of boastfulness, but a time of being with others, with being really not only friends and neighbors, but a sense of being a citizen. Now, it gets me to thinking when July 4th approaches about the roots of patriotism. The Catholic Church has always taught that patriotism, rightly understood, is actually an authentic reflection of the love that we have for God and for others. And when we think of the love of country that we have experienced, and especially I experienced as a child and growing up, we think of particular places. When we think of the love of our country, it is frequently the love of the place where we grew up and lived. It brings back memories of places, of events that we, we had shared. And I think this is a basis of, of, of patriotism, of a love of country, that especially St. John Paul II spoke about. He obviously had a profound love for his native Poland. But it was as much a love of the place, especially the Tatra Mountains, and of the culture that stirred his imagination and a great deal of his devotion. I just recently had a conversation with a repairman who came to repair one of the pieces of equipment in my residence. And to my great surprise, when he began to talk about his, his birthplace, it was not all that distant from, from mine. We were 
pleasantly surprised to find out we were brought up in the same part of the country. And immediately we started exchanging memories, and our first memories were of the place. We thought of the lakes. We thought of the, the beautiful scenery uh, that, that surrounded us as we were growing up, just the fruitfulness of the land. We even started talking about the various kinds of trout that we would fish and how delicious it was simply to have them grilled. And it was amazing how, in fact, that, that stirring, that love of country is so intensely a love of place and a love of people. We both regretted the fact that in the past decades, the economy so greatly changed in that area that many, many of us, especially of my generation, moved out. And we found that, that really remarkable. But when we thought of growing up there, we thought of the place, of our family, of our neighbors that we have, of the events that we could attend. And there was a great sense of belonging. And I think patriotism has to be rooted in the sense that there is a place and a time where we can feel at home. And it is the home that we cherish, that we are grateful for. And the home expands from family to neighborhood to the surrounding area in which we grew and eventually into an entire nation. Now, there is a lot of forgetfulness about the history of our nation, and it's important to remember it, both the very bright spots and all the difficult spots as well. But I think of the history of our particular faith in this new nation, of the connection of patriotism and Catholicism in America. And there are certain tensions that we have. As many of you know, Catholics were not initially welcomed into the United States, especially into the parts of the United States that were founded by, by the Puritans who came to this new world to found the perfect city, the Jerusalem, the city on the hill, the light to the nations. And uh, in fact, many of the thinkers who began to promote religious toleration always accepted two groups, the Catholics and the Jews. And of course, uh, both of uh, those groups suffered some prejudice, but it was a prejudice that soon began to fade. But for Catholics, we also have to understand that there is a tension between a sense of belonging to an historical place and a sense that here we have no lasting city. So that among other Christians, there may be a very deep belief that God providentially has allowed the United States to, be, uh, to come into existence because it then became the great light. There is a providential reality to it. Catholics have to be very uh, careful about this. We are grateful for the opportunity 
that we have been granted, Catholicism flourished in the United States. But we have to realize that no nation, no place, is either perfect or divinely instituted, but something that arises from the very nature of man, and it is to be prized, it is to be protected, it is to uh, be made more firm, more just and peaceful, but yet it is not a lasting city. But we also realize that our place in time is the place in which we are called upon to work out our salvation. It is the actual environment. And we remember that whatever Christ touched, he transformed. That is why we preserve such a deep devotion and affection for the Holy Land, the very fact that Jesus, true God and true man, walked on this earth and walked in a particular place and walked within a particular culture. And it has been transformed. But yet, even having had the historical presence of the humanity of Jesus, there is no play, uh, there is no lasting city. There is a new Jerusalem toward which we lure. But yet, we have a particular place, and it is here that we work out our salvation. It is here that we express the commandments of Christ. It is here that we express the hope of that new earth and new heaven. Now, Catholics in the United States also endured not not only the prejudice, and sometimes it could be severe. Several churches and convents were burnt to the ground in anti-Catholic riots in the city of Philadelphia. Although the Archbishop of New York City Archbishop John Hughes once said when he heard the reports of the burning of the convents, said publicly, if there is one church, one Catholic church, or one convent burned down in New York, I shall turn this city into Moscow in 1812. There was not one Catholic church or one convent that was was touched by fire. And in fact, uh, the people in New York City used to refer to him as Dagger John, They misinterpreted that cross that he did, uh, used in his signature. All bishops use it. They thought, however, it was a dagger, not a cross, so they referred to him as Archbishop Dagger uh, John. And it's an amazing story. Even in the midst of tragedy, there is that that humor. But uh, one of the first surprises that the Catholics experienced was in the naming of the first bishop, the first American uh, Catholic bishop. And uh, that, of course, was John Carroll. And when the Pope wrote to President Washington to ask him if he would accept the nomination of John Carroll as bishop, Washington wrote back to the Pope, to the utter amazement of the Pope, I don't care what bishop you name, it's entirely up to you, it's of no concern to me. Well, to uh, the popes at the time, in which I had to deal with countries in which the leader of the country, especially the the monarch, had the right to veto particular nominations, this came as uh, an incredible surprise. And the pope was uh, heard to mention, there's something new 
going on across the Atlantic. And in spite of anti-Catholic prejudice, the faith flourished. And remarkably, especially in the cities in the, uh, along the East Coast, and whereas in Europe, the urbanization often represented a loss of religious faith, it was in the United States that Catholicism became once again an urban reality. Although in the Midwest there were extraordinary uh, Catholic communities in the rural areas. And what was very special about the uh, American experience was the realization that although the national government was forbidden expressly to establish any sort of national religion or national church, it had throughout its history, up until the 20th century, always had a great recognition of the importance of religious faith in a stable society and especially in a democracy. And what the extraordinary contribution of religious communities made to the establishment and also to the flourishing of American culture. Now, there was a tendency among uh, some Catholics to overcome this sense that, for some reason or other, Catholicism was not really American by becoming super-patriots. But uh, the I think one of the Catholic contributions to American political and social life was the realization that so much of our identity as individuals and as social groups lies in the intermediate structures in a society rather than simply the political ones. And in that recognition, we celebrate the 4th of July with a sense, I think, of, of gratitude, but also a sense of reality, that here we have no lasting city, but yet we have a city that allows us to deepen our faith, to express it uh, openly, and to work out for our own individual selves and the selves of our neighbors a reality that reflects the kingdom of God but never establishing any particular political structure with that kingdom. And I think, my friends, in this time of civil unrest and intellectual and moral confusion, it might be good to think of these things in our history here in the United States, of the contribution of the Catholic faith, of the events that we had experienced and sometimes had to endure but yet also to think that we are here to express a noble and devoted life, and to be thankful that we can do that freely, but also to realize that here we have no final stopping place, but this is merely the scene of our pilgrimage and our journey to the everlasting kingdom. 